0: the justin news podcast my name is justin cross and today my guest he is a musician who has been widely regarded as one of the major musical influences of our generation certainly he was an influence for me when i was drunkenly dancing on coffee tables in college hmm. he's also a producer an actor an accomplished photographer a former reality show judge and now he's the author of a new book it's called a dream about lightning bugs a life of music and cheap lessons uh it's on bookshelves, Amazon. I assume, various places on the dark web. Ben Folds, thanks so much for being my guest. Good to be here. Uh, first of all, let me just say, that is like one hell, like what I just read, that's one hell of a LinkedIn profile right there. Oh, yeah. Hopefully I'll get some more work. You've done a lot of stuff right there. I have, yeah. Have you ever, like, was there ever a point when you're like, after you made it big in music, that you thought, hey, maybe maybe I'll do something a little less creative, you know? Maybe I'll be like an HR generalist.
1: <laughs> well, that one didn't occur to me, no. but, um, you know, the work that I do uh, for the Kennedy Center um, and the and the National Symphony Orchestra, which I've been doing for three years as their um, artistic advisor, is very time-consuming and very um, satisfying for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of like a day gig. So it is, I wouldn't say it's not creative. I actually think that almost any work that's worth Doing it, it does have a bit of creativity to it. From from, I mean, my father was a carpenter and that was plenty creative. Yeah. Um, Part of the point of my book, sort of, is that. Um, But yeah, no, no. I mean, I I I do what I find interesting, that is possible to do, and and uh, and uh, you know, won't make me completely go broke or, uh, you know.
0: You had, I mean, you had a lot of jobs. You talk about it in the book, like a lot of jobs before you got into music, and yeah. I know you talk about it in your songs as well. Which job kind of stands out for you, like as as kind of the most absurd or like the you know kind of the craziest job you ever had? Um.
1: Well, I, I delivered wine. Uh, I, I, I at this one, it wasn't real. I wasn't supposed to be delivering wine. I was supposed to be washing dishes at a place that sold wine and I started delivering it but what made it absurd (laughs) wasn't the delivery of wine and I was probably too young to be doing that but it was that the van had a steering wheel that was about three inches in diameter. Okay, It had been taken off some kind of little bumper cars or something some joke yeah and it was really hard to drive (laughs) and that made it absurd to like have this wheel that was no bigger than a small cereal bowl yeah that 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 was the steering wheel
0: (laughs) well and like I said you talk a lot about your childhood growing up um in the book like I want to ask you about the book like did you decide to do that as was it just because of like another creative challenge for you or was it also this way this sort of catharsis
1: well, it was you know it was a lot of stuff, but probably the fuel for it uh was the um the you know the possibility that I could make something that was sort of a casual informal case study of one dude mm-hmm. you know like like so my job is fairly creative, yeah um <laughs> not all of it I mean a lot really? of my job is just you know. This or being human cargo, you know, talking about what I do or being carted from place to place and, and uh, trains, planes, automobiles, and buses. I appreciate
0: you being our cargo over
1: here. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah I just absolutely. want to say that. I yeah, just- yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's all part of the it's all part of the job. But that's just to say that for anyone who romanticizes it as being 100% creative, it's not. But, you know, it's fairly creative. It's fueled by creativity. So I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, to um, you know, show... What I thought might be factors why, kind of like uh, uh, George George Orwell's "Why I Write" or uh, or you know on writing by Stephen King. Anytime someone can kind of give you lay out a story of their life, and you might be able to. If you're a parent, you might go, "Ah, oh, you know, this is something to think about. It could work." Or if you were another musician, oh, that could work. Or if you didn't do music as a, a or or a, a a creative job, quote, creative. As your main thing maybe you'd recognize how much creativity there is in the thing that you do
0: well and that kind of brings me because you are a huge proponent of the arts and I know you actually have a podcast series out now where you're interviewing presidential candidates yeah uh, tell me about that because I've interviewed uh, I interviewed uh, John Delaney actually recently and yeah. sometimes I mean they like to talk so yeah is it easy to get them to talk about the arts or do you have to sort of steer them in that direction?
1: No, they're very you know, they they that's not something that they get asked about normally. You right. know, I mean they they the the arts is not on the front of of their stump speech or anything, right? Or it's not <laughs> gonna come up in the debates. You know, John Delaney, John Delaney was uh on the board of the National Symphony Orchestra mm. uh in DC. Uh and his his daughters are are uh are very into uh uh, music and um, you know um, he enjoyed talking about that and uh, th- they also are fairly most of the candidates are fairly knowledgeable on the policy surrounding arts because arts uh, generate a very large part of uh, our economy mm. uh, m- more the uh, bigger uh, a bigger percentage of it than transportation really? Yeah, it's really it's a very big stimulator of the economy, and it's a great thing uh, to invest in. It uh, resuscitates and revives entire sections of town. If you can uh, uh, renovate a, a, a theater and bring business in that area through through uh, 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 you know through music or shows or museums, yeah, it's a big thing. So they all have to have some idea, especially if they come from local politics. They have to have some idea. Of arts policy. So I don't find it difficult to get them to talk about that at all. Uh, You know, you have to, you know, so you've interviewed a lot of people, you know, with the politician, you have to let them first thank everyone and do all their formal shit at the top, you know, and I learned that. But after that, it's just a matter of, you know, personally, what does it mean to them? But then I want to hear about all the points of policy and, and how they intend from an executive position, which is very difficult, to steer things like the directives for the National Endowment for the Arts and Humanities and PBS and NPR and so on.
0: Is there, is there anybody who has stood out to you? I mean, we talked a little bit about John Delaney, but are there any other candidates that have stood out to you? as like, OK, this person, if elected, they're actually going to get some shit done when it comes to the arts.
1: I think they all um, admire the model of uh, John F. Kennedy. And he was. It was under John F. Kennedy that I believe the National Endowment for the Arts was conceived. I believe it started under Johnson technically, um, but I think that they they uh, they admire that, and it's always been a big model for the Democrats. Now the the catch is, is that. The executive branch is not the most effective branch. I I don't buy that for a damn second.
0: (laughs) Really? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Of course, yeah.
1: No, but it's not the most effective branch for the art specifically. It's a difficult – what they can do is support it um, in – As cheerleaders, but they can also, there's certain directives that they can make to the National Endowment of the Arts, for instance, and currently the directive has been, under this administration, nothing, they wanted to can it, but uh, the one before had steered it, Obama had had steered it towards veterans. Yeah. So that is a big, uh, uh, that wasn't the case, you know, like, the thing about the the Democratic um, administration is that they're very often the ones that are the least funded. Right, uh, because it becomes a it becomes an issue, and and um, for some crazy political uh, dynamic reasons, uh, it seems to have gone up under Republicans more than it has under Democrats.
0: Well, and I mean, as uh, like like this administration, for instance, like Trump, like tell me about that. I mean, has he done anything for the arts? I mean, obviously, a lot of the listeners of this podcast not big fans, but no.
1: No, no, I don't think he's done anything for the arts. I mean, I think by example, he showed that if you wanted to uh, uh, make a massive gold building and put your name on it and make (laughs) that your headquarters, it might be more successful close to the theaters, the museums, um, close to the arts district because he comes from the outer boroughs. But he knew the the, – in practice, he – understood to go where the action is. And the action is always where the arts right. is. Uh, it was John Delaney that said a friend of his told him as far as being an investor to follow the art, uh, follow the creators, follow the artists, and you will find your investments. Right. And I think that's very true. Um, other than that, um, he his administration threatened to, um, to zero out the National Endowment for the Arts. Um, but they didn't succeed in that because... Actually, uh, the, uh, the national down of the arts is not a um, it's not a uh, it's not a, uh, it's not a partisan issue. There's right. plenty of I mean I, I've 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 done talks and panels at the at the Republican National Conventions and the Democratic National Conventions, and I don't find more support one place or the other. In fact, I've found some of the most articulate uh, proponents of the arts uh, were actually on the right because they feel like they have to make a more solid, uh, succinct argument for it because, you know, in, in theory, physical conservatism might not want to pay for the arts. But the arts are an investment, which is what they understand that even with the National Noun for the Arts, you know, it only works... For them, they can only make it work if the success rate they have is putting a dollar in to to, uh, to a community and seeing $7 come back from the private sector. Right. That's a hell of an investment, really. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. So you need to take that out of the spending category, which is what the Republicans understand. Uh, the the Democrats will tend to make a little more of a touchy-feely argument about yeah. how it makes you feel good. And, and that's good, too. I think both, both arguments are necessary.
2: Today's podcast is brought to you by the Democratic Debates. Progressive to moderate, to moderately progressive, and progressively moderate. Gather around your TVs so we can gather around our podiums. We've got 12 more of these things. Hours upon hours of debates on the same subjects. Break out those lozenges, candidates. You've got a massive amount of yelling to do. The Democratic Debates. Is 10 co-presidents an option? We think that might be a thing. That might be a thing. Yeah, let's do that. I wanted to thank you. Yes, you might be an illiterate, tax evading, money laundering, crass ass clown evangelist, racist, homophobic, windbag, squandering progress and hope with every step that you take. But sir, you exposed half the country for being fake.
0: Last uh, cycle, you had a uh, support, you supported Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Uh, is it the same way now, or are you kind of opening up? Uh, no, I mean, I'm,
1: I'm leaving. I'm leaving it open. I mean, part of the reason that I, part of the reason that I um, wanted to do that podcast was the opportunity to really hear each one of them out personally mm-hmm. and report to my constituents, you know, yeah. report to my fans, people who are interested because I, you know, hell, if I can get a front a front row seat and bring a microphone to it, let's do this. And, um, so no, I've kept my, um, I've kept my mind open. I, I think the thing is, is that, um, you know, if you relax about, um, Uh, if you relax about it and don't worry too much about who the quote winner is going to be and take some time to hear their ideas. Um, That's what this time is for. It's very valuable. And um, so I don't see any reason anyone needs to rush into it. I don't agree with most people who think tens too many or twenties too many. I'm very interested in hearing what they all have to say. In fact, you know, at some point someone's going to uh, emerge as the total front runner, and I don't believe that's actually happened yet. Despite the fact that everyone seems to think it's Biden, I don't actually think that's happened as a musician. I don't see it. Uh, I mean, he may be it, but I don't think it's. I don't think he can do a victory lap yet. And uh, I guess my point is is that, you know, whoever's the front runner is going to you know, annex and eat the ideas take in the ideas of the people who they conversed with on stage or whatever. So all this Thunderdome shit that we see with the uh, uh, with the Democratic debates is a damn shame because that's not who I'm meeting. When I meet them, and you've probably found the same, I, I mean, I wouldn't have given, we'll go back to John Delaney. I don't know if I would have given him the time of day on that stage as a citizen had I not talked to him. And he's a very serious contender because he can explain so many things to me. So I'm interested now. I'm like, I'm not gonna think about who it is that's going to be the front runner yet. I still think we got more ideas to talk about. Why not load up? Like really yeah. prepare yourself. But you know, they got the everyone's got you know, everyone's got a bunch of caked makeup on their face, and they got these these crane cameras flying around the place and like I say, that Thunderdome shit, and they're turning it in <laughs> into some kind of it's just stupid. They're turning it into something that just really belittles all the policy of it and i kind of think people are starting to feel the effects of a reality show president so why do you want to encourage another one like they're supposed to come up with these one-liners you know pete Buttigieg is extremely well spoken about the arts i don't think he knows as much about the policy of it as say julian castro does but i don't think julian castro frames it as well and i really want to talk to warren next because i haven't really heard what she has has had to say on it yet and of course, I'm interested in talking to Bernie. Bernie, I think we can get to. But some of them are harder to get to. Kamala's uh, camp is very, very hard to get through to. I was talking personally to uh, Marianne Williamson and Andrew Yang recently, sort of the idea being Yang Gang. Yeah, being mm-hmm. be, being to, to talk talk to some of the outliers here, the the, the odd the odd men and women out, and uh, see if they didn't have something to add to the conversation. At a young age, you were listening to music like eight hours a
0: day, right? Yeah, I mean that that sounds. I don't mean this wrong way, a little nuts, I mean no, it's weird, yeah, it's weird, right yeah. I mean so and you mentioned too, like some research of like how positive listening to music can be for like you know young kids um but baby shark is that you know baby shark right no what's that? Okay. <laughs> it is it well it's it's this like YouTube crap that's out there, I mean, you were listening to like records and, yeah. and you know. Legendary musicians and all this stuff, but like you hear some of that crap out there. Like, is that still good for kids too, or is it?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I I, I think the thing that I want to see for kids is for uh, people to um, take a step back and view music for what it really is, which is communication. Yeah. So if it can be viewed as communication, if a kid goes, "I don't want to go to school," yeah. Wow. Well, you start a song. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to so how screw. do you roll with
0: that? Because my my girlfriend has a two and a half year old, and she'll start doing that. Yeah. Do you just like if you're if you're me or her? Play like, with it. You,
1: okay. Play with it. It, it, it. Take take interest in it. Be an audience for it. Receive it. Like if if she's saying something that way, like, great. I mean, at some point, people hijack all those things, all the sounds, mm-hmm. and they turn it into music or turn it into art. Yeah. But at first, it's just communication. Yeah. So someone says they can't carry a tune, that's not true yeah they, and they, they can't write a song that's not true. Uh, it's just that we view music you know, the, you know a kid starts by drawing original things as a, as a uh, just a grade school student right they're they're, they're getting out a piece of paper they're drawing something that is, comes from their imagination yeah But when it comes to music, we don't start there because mm. the assumption is you have to have all the skill to do it first. Yeah. Well, the truth is you do have to have a, quite a bit of skill to put it all together but that would be true of the art too. So a combination of both would be would be ideal to me but starting with the concept that what you are doing is communicating. Yeah. That's it. I think that should make a big difference if that was the way that we looked at it. Right. Don't you know I'm a numb man No, I can't feel
2: and business these days, and I'm
1: indifferent to the
2: loss.
0: I have a friend, uh, Jennifer in Salt Lake. She just got a piano today, and she wants to learn a Ben Benfold song. Mm. What's the one song she should start with?
1: Um maybe um a song called Evaporated. Okay. That might be that might be one. It's it's relatively simple, I think, to play.
0: Okay. Uh, favorite thing? So I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. I know you're from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite thing about growing up in the South? Besides, you know, the cutoff jean shorts.
1: Well, I mean, it's colorful. You know, the <laughs> the, the South is um, is. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, the South, there's so many Souths. Your South was different than my South, you know. And obviously, like, you know, Texas is way different South right. than our South. Yeah. And there was a different South from the center of Winston-Salem to the outskirts of Forsyth County. Right. You know, it changed a lot. You know, the same people can, people can grow up in the same town 10 miles away, and one has a, a flat sort of almost Ohio accent, and then the other one has just a straight up. Hick accent yeah. definitely, uh, definitely, uh, uh, it's not homogenous at all. It's and we're a little behind in, in certain ways, that we were when I was a kid. And I don't know. I think that's, I think that was interesting for me.
0: Uh, any chance of a Ben Folds five reunion anytime soon?
1: I don't think anytime soon because I've got some, I mean, I can see what my schedule is going to be for the next two or three years, and it just wouldn't involve something like that,
0: right? Um, you, you mentioned your book so so my background actually I, I spent all, about a decade doing stand-up and you mentioned you could basically recite George Carlin bits and and routines. what's your favorite
1: George Carlin joke or routine or bit? Well I like it when uh, I like his um, I think I like when he touches on linguistics it's amazing I think his his take on language might be his his most um his most important contribution, you know, yeah. everything from pointing out that there's no way for you to pre-board, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, just just like really, fan- and and pointing out what happened to the language of of war, you know, he's like shell shocked, yeah, and then it's post-traumatic syndrome, you know, disorder syndrome, and then and, and all, all his uh, all the, the ways he he shows that people smooth over their guilt with language is 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 that's intense and that's a great. Uh, at, at, at the end of his career, he had said that he changed his uh, his way of looking at, at comedy and humanity by erasing the assumption that humanity will survive. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I mean, that's kind of he's become now at it's that point fatalistic. I mean, it's a little. It's it's not. It if you think about it, think about like the way. Uh, not the the the, almost zen not being attached to an outcome how much clearer that makes your life if you're attached to an outcome that doesn't mean you don't want it it just means you're not assuming it and you're not attached to it and uh i think it's pretty deep i mean i don't think i would be the best defense attorney for his point of view i think he was the best at that do you think that we that lets you
0: live more free well, kind of I, I,
1: I suppose it can. I mean, when I don't care how my show is going to go down, I play my best shows. It's clear to me what the next note should be. I can't control if someone likes it or not. Yeah. I can't control if I even get paid for it at that point. I'm just there, and I'm 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 doing each note. If I think like what he's saying is 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 if someone's going to make political commentary, they always make political commentary with this sort of uh, uh, implication that good will prevail at some point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what if it doesn't? It's like, let's let's view that because uh, and that doesn't mean at the end of the day that he's going to be negative about it. I know it sounds negative, but I think it's deeper than that.
0: Last question. Uh, you got a show coming up. Do you still get nervous for this stuff? You've been doing it for a long time. I mean, to, just to your last point, I mean, going out before a show, do you do you look at it like without worrying about the outcome?
1: Generally, yeah. I used to vomit into buckets before my shows. But. Oh, that's awful. I mean, I know what that's like, too. <laughs> I do know what it's like to be to to be First really 2 years
0: n- after that. Really out.
1: nervous about it. I mean, well, it depends, you know, if I if you know, uh, I was going out on a tour a couple of years ago called the Paper Airplane Tour and people threw paper airplanes with a request and I played nothing but the requests. Mm-hmm. So, I was pretty nervous because I didn't know what was going to come next, and I didn't know if I could actually perform all the hundreds of songs that might have been heard. Yeah. So that gave me a little uncertainty. With the uncertainty yeah. came some nerves.
2: Today's podcast is brought to you by Capital Grill, the sizzling hot new spin off restaurant from the folks who brought you Capital Chill. Come on in this Tuesday for a grand opening featuring stomach shattering new dishes like the Bread O O Fork which is an enormous bowl of fried bread scraps tossed with cheddar cheese, garlic salt, and six pounds of butter. Other exciting options include the Sliden Biden Sliders featuring aged beef topped with aged Gruyere cheese, which have been assembled and aged for 12 hours under extreme heat lamps. Make sure to top it off with our tangerine flavored ice cream, Trump Clumps, Served in the hugest bowl you've ever seen. Trust us, we know bowls, it's huge. Capital Grill, clog your arteries with fat and puns. And I've been listening to old Bob Dylan. He was saying this before we were children. I like to think writing words is my calling. Everybody heard him, and still the heart rate is falling. So I wonder,
0: if uh, Penfolds, right. I think it's all the time we got, but thank you so much thank you. For, being for being my having. guest. Uh, Go buy the book, Uh, A Dream About Lightning Bugs, A Life of Music and Cheap Lessons. I am 100 pages through only because I bought it on Monday and I'm a slow reader. I went to Florida State. But thanks so much. Take care,
1: man. Thank you.